Actually, okay, so setting up your webinar for Facebook Live. I got a little bar in front of me. Then it'll give me like a little countdown. I don't know, on our side, it says we are streaming live. So yeah, that's what it says. That's so we, we simmer down and behave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good luck. <laughs> like that's gonna happen. Good? Yeah, good luck with that. Are we good? Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to this week's edition of the Digital Shop Talk Radio. Got a great show for you today because we're talking about women that are shaping the automotive industry. And look out because they're fast on your heels. And I couldn't have two better guests for you than uh, Kim Hickey from ATI. You guys know Kim. She's been on the show in the past and probably has done business with you in some fashion or you want to do business with her if you are a smart, savvy operator. And I've got Kathleen Jarosik. She's from Expert Tech Automotive and another fantastic uh, operator. And and Kathleen, um, if I'm not mistaken, you've been recently awarded for being a leader, uh, a, a woman leader in the industry. Is it? Is it? Did I get my facts straight? Yes, that is correct. Um, I was graced with the honor of being named the 2018 Female Shop Owner of the Year by Women in Auto Care and the Auto Care Association at APEX last year. So it's been a, uh, it, it, such an honor, really. Um, I, I did not expect that at all and am, am truly humbled by the women that uh, I looked at the, all the pictures of all the other winners and I was like, wow. I'm one of them now. So exactly. it's really awesome. I love it. Join the club, right? And yeah. then we're going to change it from the men's club to the women's club. Actually, yep. I'm one of the cool kids now. <laughs> and, and Kim, I mean, you've been a successful operator for years and then said, you know what? I'm so good at this. Let me go help other folks. And, and, I, yes. and, I, and I got to tell you, if you're not involved in ATI and you don't, you, you don't know Kim, you should. I've talked to probably all of your shops, Kim, and to the person, Kim is the best thing that we've done in our business. And so how do you get from breaking into this industry to, you know, having that type of a reputation from, from all operators? I mean, these are the best of the best in ATI saying thank you to Kim Hickey. I wouldn't, I'd quit ATI if I had to lose Kim as my coach. Well, one, you're very good for my ego, so I just want to bask <laughs> in that afterglow for a moment. <laughs> so good. thank you for that. So um, as you mentioned, I was a, a shop owner, so like hair club for men, uh, you know, I'm not only uh, a client, I was I was a client, right? So I, I started a shop by accident many, many years ago, um, probably 30, 31 years ago, I started it by accident. I lived in a retirement community and moved out there to take care of my grandparents. Their, their health was failing. And so um, part of that was taking them to the doctor, taking their car to get fixed, all of those things. And I went into a shop. We had gone to Colorado and I went to the, we were on some mountains and different things. I want to have the brakes checked out. And the shop charged me like 25 or $30 a tire to take out the high altitude Colorado air, put in Arizona air. I was, you know, <laughs> 20. Um, didn't sound right to me, but I was leaving. I said no. And then they were like, well, if you don't care about your grandparents getting in an accident, you know, hopefully they have good reflexes, you know, if there's a blowout. So I thought, oh my God, I'm going to kill Nana and pup ups. Go ahead and do it. And then I called my friends. Um, in New Jersey that I grew up with and said, hey, this happened and they want to know what the address was and what size trunk they needed to bring in. I said, no, no, it's all good here. And so the person next door to me actually um, was a technician. There was a, a shop next to where I was working and um, he 
was going to be let go because they changed over to a tire shop and he couldn't keep up with the pace. He was one of those old school mechanics that just reeked like cigarettes and leftover Miller beer and just, there was no way he was going to be busting tires. And so I was like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know. So I said, you know, can you fix my Nana and Pup-Up's car in my driveway? (laughs) So he came over and did that. And then my grandparents' friends were like, you know, do you, can he help with us? Can he help with us? And um, my fiance at the time who is now my ex-husband but he used to fix floor glyphs and I wanted him to do he's like I don't want anything to do with cars and I said why he goes because car people are crazy if you fix their wiper blades and their brakes go out the next day they blame you and I said you're stupid you don't know what you're talking about no customer would think that so many years later joined ATI the business grew and grew um, after there were like 14 cars in my driveway my neighbor said no we're, we're not doing this anymore Got a little metal corrugated building. Looks like looked like it was out of a ZZ Top video. Literally, cows would walk through. It used to be a chicken shack for fried chicken. So it was the whole, and it just exploded the business because of people looking for an honest place to come. And and besides the honesty, I think they really were looking for somewhere to make them feel like home because they you know they want to trust they want a relationship they don't want to be transactional and then i bought another building in town and it just grew and i found myself doing like over a million dollars a year in sales but i wasn't keeping any money and i was working till you know 12 o'clock at night and all the weekends and i actually joined ati um and so they taught me how to figure out what my actual costs were and not to call all the other shops in town and say how much should i charge for labor are you guys going up what are you doing And so it just evolved from that. And then once you get everything aligned in your business and start working truly on the business, not in it, I I found myself very bored. So Brian and I were talking and, you know, I'm a, I like to be busy and do things. So he was like, why don't you come and do this part-time? And then that rolled into full-time and then I wound up selling the business and all that. So, um, really long way of answering you. I, I don't know if I even answered your question, but yeah, just years of experience, school of hard knocks, um, fighting the fight, you know, overcoming obstacles, people not wanting to deal with you because you are female, not, you know, wanting to take you serious. And it, it was an uphill climb for a long time. So. I mean, that, that, that's an incredible story. I, I mean, you literally started out like shade tree in your driveway and, oh, yeah. and back in Carport. A, yeah, in a, in a period of time where, are you kidding me? Your jobbers probably wouldn't even return your phone calls and stuff, right? No, it, it, yeah. It. There's even a time, one of the times that one of my techs gave me, a, which we called the mechanics then, but technicians now, right? So gave me bolts or something to match up. And I went to the parts store and I handed them and I said, I, you know, my tech said I need these. So they gave me some and they didn't look the same. And I said, they don't look the same. They said, don't worry, honey, go back and your technician will know what to do with it. Well, I went back and my tech cursed me up a blue streak said, you know, you had one job. I I gave you the piece (laughs) (laughs) to go there and match it up. And so they kind of would purposely, you know, mess with me on but it's okay because I remembered everybody's name and as I grew and grew and to the million dollars and more I knew who treated me respectfully coming up and and you know who thought it was a big joke and a lot of fun Mm -hmm. to to do that so yep and now look at you (laughs) (laughs) so So Kathleen yeah (laughs) exactly so Kathleen how did I mean did you have a similar story how'd you end up in that chair 
Well, honestly, when back in 2003, my daughter, my oldest daughter was uh, turning two. My husband at the time was at the top of his game in the Fort Lauderdale area. We decided we did not want our child to grow up and go to school over there, a little too busy for us. So we found this, accidentally found this little town called Inglewood <laughs> on the Gulf Coast of Florida, came over, looked at one shop, really didn't feel right. It was a little too much for first out, you know, first starting out. And then this building fell into our into, into our laps. It wasn't for sale. The owners wanted to meet us and they passed the torch to us. And then six years later, I did, then I did not know how you spelled carburetor. I didn't know anything about yeah. cars other than how to drive it in or hand him the keys in the morning and say, here, it needs an oil change. And, and I, I worked in bottled water and, um, and, and various other industries, but never car. And so, uh, I said, well, I can run a business, you know, how hard could it be? Um, <laughs> and so there's no book, by the way, it's like becoming a parent, you know, they yeah. don't give you an owner's manual. So, um, yeah, so, you know, six years later, we uh, parted ways as a married couple, and then I bought him out of the shop, and he went to work for um, our local General Motors Chevrolet dealership for about eight years. Uh, we decided the school is right across the street, the elementary school where both of our kids went. So I could still be a mom, get him to the doctor, run the business, make a living, um, support them. He can wrench anywhere. He's very talented. And then, um, of course, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and, and I struggled. I, I like you, you know, I was growing sales. I was kicking butt and I was not bringing any money home. Um, everybody was getting paid except for me. And uh, you know, I, I always tell people my pivot point was about three and a half, four years ago when I reached out and hired a coach and they have, you know, and I'm, I'm an implementer. So they give me three things to do and say, okay, I'll talk to you next week. And 20 minutes later, I'm in the email and going, I'm done. Now what? Um, and so, cause I, I want to win, you know, I, I want to win. I, I, I would love, I'm a fellow Kim. You watch that. That's it. I'm going to be in that chair someday. <laughs> and, but yeah. And I fell, I went to a women in auto care conference. Um, I had reached out to another shop owner randomly on the internet, did not know it was a woman and ended up at their conference in Orlando in 2016 and fell in love with the industry and that I wasn't a unicorn anymore. Um, I've always felt at all the conferences, I was the only woman in the, in the room. Um, I have three older brothers. I grew up with my dad. My mom worked full time. So, you know, five older boy cousins. I, I trained my whole life for this crazy industry. So <laughs> I'm used to being the only girl and I can hang and um, but like Kim had said, it was, it was really a challenge when I worked, I, I used to be the, the do all for upfront. You know, I ran the business. I was the service advisor, the customer service rep, uh, the parts runner, the parts returner, you know, you yeah. name it, I did it except for wrench. And, um, you know, those, when they play games with you like that, you know, and send you to the store for a canooter valve and, and muffler bearings, it's, uh, it's challenging but uh, you're right, you do remember the ones that, that take you by the hand and go, okay, let me teach you how this works and how that works. And, um, you know, and then uh, to, to pop the bubble, my former husband came back to work for me about a little over two years ago. He's my lead technician. Like I said, he is super talented and professionally we make one heck of a team. So he runs the back most part. He takes care of the techs and what gets done. And uh, my service advisor, who is my director of WOW, takes care of the front. And I get to work on the business now instead of in it. 
and I'm, it's kind of boring. I, I totally related when you said that, Kim. I'm like, yeah, I get really bored. <laughs> so I do a lot of chamber stuff and things. But my favorite, I think, when people walked in the door um, that I don't see as much now, thank goodness, is, um, hey, good morning. How can, I, how can I improve your day is how I usually greet people. And they'd say, yeah, I want to speak to somebody who knows something. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten those exact words and, um, and realized that that was an opportunity to educate an entire group of people that um, I, I, I would joke with some and say, you know, I know how to raise your bill a half an hour every time you say that. Um, so why don't you give me a shot? Um, but, you know, it's been a challenge, but I think that we see less and less of that stigma anymore, um, especially in the front of the house and the running of the businesses. Um, you know, I still see a lot of female technicians that, you know, not here. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot here. I wish we did. Um, but I, you know, on Facebook groups and stuff that are challenged with people not giving them a chance and thinking they're not as good and they're not, you know, that they can't be as successful as a man. So, you know, we yeah, still have hurdles, but. You know, and because now, you know, I like I talk to a lot of guys that say, uh, let me let me back that up. A lot of shop owners that say that they actually prefer to hire at the front counter, especially um, a female employee. Easier to to you know, they're more empathetical, they're more approachable. They usually you know are nicer, <laughs> right? And and because one of the big barriers, because it's on both sides of the fence, right? I can only imagine what you go through as a as a trailblazing female shop owner, but then at the same side of it, the motorists who go into a shop, especially you know an all male shop or something like that, and these are things that they're not expected to know. You get the type of answers like you got, hey, don't worry that it doesn't look anything like the other one. It's going to work. You just don't know what you're talking about, and of course it doesn't, um, because common sense is a hard thing to <laughs> to deny, right? But, um, but they have that same stigma or that same fear when they get in there. And that, that's what a lot of times I think ends up, um, you know, why online has been such a, a bridge for folks like that. Because in the past, you might have not approved work if you don't understand it and you feel intimidated. Uh, you might have said, I'm not even going to take my vehicle and I have to have my husband do it or I have to have my dad do it or something like that. And then that's, I mean, come on, how restrictive is that? And, um, and to be able to go in and I think and, and do things that are how the technology has brought education to the forefront. And then, like you said, being able to go in and talk to uh, somebody who's a peer and somebody who you can very much relate to and is able to provide that education. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really the most important thing uh, to make you feel comfortable, make you feel like you're in the right place and help you to understand stuff because, you know, we're not dumb. We just need some information. And if you're just going to mock me, I'll go find, I'll go to Kim's shop, right? Exactly. And so, um, and so how does that, how, so what was the biggest challenge you would say when you, because you really jumped into the frying pan, it sounds like, yeah, you had operational experience, but to be able to say, I'm going to buy out my husband and I'm going to take these reins and I'm going to become this business owner now. What was the biggest challenge that you found? I would say learning how to, so I, like I said, I didn't know anything really about cars or theory or, or any of that. So uh, I, I, I used my, my Tupperware days. I was a Tupperware consultant for a little while. And, you know, if you don't believe and understand something and have any kind of passion for it, how can 
if I don't love it, how can I make you love and understand it? So, you know, we would, we would go to conferences and conventions and you're like, look, it's a new plastic bowl. And we would get so excited. And so I tried to bring that energy into the business here. Obviously, we are way more about building relationships. I have a couch I sit on, you know, we sit next to our clients on a couch. We get to know them about their kids, their grandkids, their pet iguana, you know, their, their bunny rabbits. And I mean, stuff that, you know, their health issues, they come here and talk to us. And um, this is way more than, um, way more than an auto repair shop. And so then when it comes time for those repairs to really sit down and have the technicians educate me on what the, you know, what does this part actually do? And then to be able to translate that into layman terms where people can understand and make it relatable. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a real visual person, so I need to understand it and then be able to turn it around and make someone else understand it and make them be make an educated decision as well as feel comfortable that the ones that don't care to know the details that they trust that I know the decision that I'm making. So that getting the knowledge behind it, I think was probably the most challenging piece. It took me, I would say probably a good three or four years day to day to day on the front counter to learn how to speak car and then how to turn around and speak client. And, um, you know, I'm obviously I don't have a problem talking um, <laughs> to people. Right. You know, that helps. And, and I, I will tell you, it was really frustrating. A lot of women used to come in and go, oh, I just trust you because you're a woman. And I was like, wait, that's just as bad, right? <laughs> it is. And I said, you know, I, th that does not make it so that I will not take advantage of you um, any differently than than a man at any other shop. So I really wish you would eradicate that verbiage and thought process from your um from your vocabulary and I want you to trust me because you trust me and you trust that I'm going to do the right thing for you and and that's kind of the the whole culture of what we've built the shop around and it was a challenge but we've we've gotten there and I hired a man up front for a little while and people didn't want to talk to him I, I felt that a great kid I mean I've known him for 150 years and he just it was not the clients were not receptive to a male being in the front office they'll talk to a male technician all day but not a male in the front office Wow. So he was too technical, I think, yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah so, sure. And, not and, fuzzy and, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's what it really boils down to, right, is the credibility. You Because what a tough role that has to be is because you have to know the tech speak so you get the credibility from the back of the shop. And you have to be able to, to show, like, especially some of these guys who would walk in and say, let me talk to somebody who knows something. You know, you have to be able to say, yeah, that would be me, by the way, the owner and let me school you on some of that and then you establish that credibility but it's not just handed to you because no. you look the part right so 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 kim let me ask you something you analyzed a lot of data and you have helped a big cross-section of shops do you notice do you notice a difference in in a strong team where there's a a female in that lead role co-owner, owner, at, you know, and in a customer facing role versus shops that might be all male or, or, you know, oh, my wife does the marketing, she's in the back type thing, right? Well, I think, you know, today there's almost been a, a, a flop of things. And, and it used to be going back to what you were just discussing, where men used to come in and say, let me talk to somebody who knows something. 
men don't know anything about cars anymore. <laughs> I mean, who does, right? You look under the hood and you're like, holy Toledo. People are not fixing their cars at home. They're not tinkering the driveway. They're not showing their kids. That's part of why we have such a tech uh, shortage. There's nothing, you know, grooming these kids or getting the spark. So having a female at the counter that men perceive as not knowing as much, it's almost a comfort zone to them and they're more comfortable being honest and saying, yeah. I don't really understand this, where they would not say that to a male service advisor. Wow. And having, honestly, the digital, you're going to think this is a purpose plug for you, but it's not. But digital inspections, <laughs> it's also like level the playing field because yes. when you have that red, yellow, green, it doesn't matter what the customer knows or if it's a man or woman. It doesn't matter what the advisor knows or man or woman. And I mean, not doesn't matter what they know, but you know what I'm saying? It, it levels the field. And so now yeah. we're talking about visuals and not having to be so technical anymore and giving all the information that, you know, ohm readings and, you know, all the other things that used to be discussed. Yeah. And so it, it, it makes it an, an advantage that, that there's a female there that maybe they don't know. And, and to be a female, I, I just want to say, you have to know more than everybody else. Yes. You have yes, to work exactly. harder. You have to be more confident and you have to be ready to take a lot more punches because they will look to knock you off your feet and you have to show that you're steady, you're confident. And the easiest way to do that is if you don't know something, just straight up, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I know the perfect person that does give me one minute and I will get that person for you. So when you talk about teams, you know, if you have a team that operates like that and there's trust from the front to the back, male or female, whether it's female text, female front or whatever, that they can say, I don't know that, but I know where I can get that answer. And they know they have that support for somebody to help them and walk them through it and explain whatever. And, and you know, the roles of the, the, the wives of the shop owner, I mean, are hugely changed now. It used to be like you said, oh, they do yeah. the marketing or they did the, they cut the payroll. Yeah, but right. they're taking a, a lot more active role because women for the reasons many many to 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 cite off but i won't but what the my male shop owners tell me is the women have a better eye for detail right they want a female at the counter they want somebody that pays a little bit more attention to everything you know um just even on the appearance you know men kind of walk in they don't notice the coffee pot's empty or there's something on the floor or just you know even any of those things right somebody looks lost or so you know that all... this shirt for four days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the magazines are seventeen months old. <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> and 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 unfortunately, and I, you know, it's going to sound bad coming from a woman, but as Kathleen just said, women trust women instinctively, and they shouldn't. And I mean, I know just as many dishonest women as I do men, right? So hundred percent. It's crazy to me that anybody would come in and say, okay, I trust you because you're, you're female, you know? So it's like, we still can't get away from those roles, no matter how we, how we try. It's just instinctive. It's, it's, it's really an interesting thing to watch. I mean, it truly is. And, you know, and it's, and it's great though, because you start the conversation. It's great that that person is at least has, you know, their walls are down and then, yeah. and then you can set those expectations. You can educate them on that just the okay. same. Look, you know, don't, don't just take my word for it. Like you said, here's this digital inspection. This is what this means. Here's these, this educational information to help you to learn. And, 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 and that goes for anything, right? Don't just rely on what I say because, you know, I got a badge right. on or something. 
right. educate yourself because it's really what it all boils down to. And then when you can get the right education and you can have somebody because you have to look at it, especially young girls. My, my Both of my daughters are driving now. You know, I think Sydney just like went to her first shop visit. And, and so that was an experience. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, of course I sent her to an auto vital shop. So then she just had a lot of questions about what is this picture of and what is this video, but she spent the time to watch it and then had really intelligent questions that she asked to, to the shop and, um, went away from it thinking I'm empowered, right? I, I, I handled it. I didn't need my dad to do it. I, I paid for it myself, which was a double bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now guess what now it's she will really maintain her vehicle because she's not afraid to go right you know when you when you think about history and you look at con conventional or tra traditional roles usually the 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 man used to go off to work and the woman ran the whole household right i mean they ran the kids they ran the repairs they talked to the contractors they handled the budget they did all of that stuff and so when now in, in today's world, you know, with the automotive business being what it is, the automotive business is not about fixing cars anymore. It's nope. not the guy or the gal going and, you know, working on a car and then that's it. The, the owning a shop is so much more. You're a psychiatrist, you're, you know, a marriage counselor, you're a, a budget person, you're a grief counselor, a you're a grief counselor, <laughs> you're, you're all kinds of things, you're an educator there's so many facets that that's fixing the cars and I'm not taking anything away from a technician or it's very difficult, but th that is like almost periphery that fixing the car, you know, that whole other part of the business where, you know, women really just instinctively fall into all of, all of those other pieces. So it's, it's, it's a natural fit that it's like shocking that it took this long to evolve. If, if you kind of just, you know, even, even think about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I mean, if we look in history, right, my grandmother was a riveter in the war, right, in World War II. She she went out. I mean, nobody had any problem with her being on the factory floor, you know, pounding rivets, working with all this tools and equipment and fire. She went out of there and she became an engineer. She worked at Texas Instruments cutting wafers at, in Silicon Valley, right, in some of the first computers. And that type of thing. I used to, you know, because we were a uh, very close kind of family and so we would talk a lot about that right is how she got into that and the pressures and some of the discriminations that she had back then because that was a, a really a man dominated type industry as well and I think that um, you know it's it's like you said it's just once you sit down and listen to what my grandma knew she had so much knowledge instant credibility and then all of those kind of stereotypes just go out the window because if we're looking to serve our customer and if we're looking to do the best job and 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 do well in our community who cares right it's about it's about educating the folks giving them good service taking care of them and like you said is having the empathy to come in and bring them in and make them feel comfortable and then and then really lower that fear of of going out and and maintaining their vehicle because it's not about repairs anymore. And you need those folks coming in and maintaining their vehicle, even when there's nothing wrong with it, but it's time. And because we're going to prevent, and that's a, that's a really, it's a hard um, uh, return customer to get if they, if they don't feel comfortable in your business, they just won't come back. Right. Um, and so, and so what do you think is kind of the next steps? What, what do you think is, so, so both of you had said that, you know, you kind of, 
get to a point where you're so expert at what you do that you become almost bored. How do you push the, the industry forward? How do you um, keep blazing that trail? And, um, you know, uh, I'll start with you, um, uh, Kathleen. What's next for you? What are you looking to do? What's the next big goal in your life uh, as far as that career development goes? I will tell you, so short term, obviously, I want to get my shop running at peak performance. You know, there's always the peaks in the valleys. And, um, you know, when we say for myself, when I say I get bored, it's I'm, I'm in this little office back here doing books and paperwork and marketing. And I'm, I'm running, I'm working on the business, which is a fantastic job, except that my passion is really working in it because I love those people. And they are they are the reason that I get up and get out of bed every morning. You know, I mean, uh, the paycheck is great and, and the, all of the, the awards and the accolades and all that, it's fantastic. But I'm, I, there are days where I blow off everything I have to do in this office. Please don't tell my business coach. I'm sure he's not listening. Um, and I will sit in that office and just chat with people all day long. But, you know, that is an investment in my business as well. But I miss that. That is what I say when I'm bored. Like, I can see I have a stained glass window here that I can see out, but it prevents, we said, people from talking to me. It's really preventing me from talking to them um, and not getting any work done. And so, but I can see people and, and, and I love to interact. So I've gotten a lot more involved in the community, which I think is a huge growth. I'm, I'm on our Chamber of Commerce board this year and I've done the leadership group. And I mean, I'm, all, I'm always out there doing fundraisers and uh, community events and things. Uh, long-term for me, I would say once my youngest daughter is a freshman in high school starting Monday, I think I think I might die. Um, <laughs> she, I have a senior and a freshman this year, lucky me. And, uh, and so I'll tell you when she gets out of high school, I would love to go and either, um, I would obviously, I would love to coach and give back the amazing knowledge that I have spent the last few years acquiring and, and hopefully teaching it to somebody that starts way younger than I did. And yeah. to see them be much more successful, but to speak, um, I love to publicly speak. So if I can inspire somebody to do um, anything, it doesn't even have to be automotive or, you know, whatever it is, is to come overcome that fear and do what you love and be passionate about it and go to bed tonight a little bit better than you were when you woke up this morning. That is a goal for me. I mean, my mom was, you talked about your grammar, that was so awesome. Uh, my mom was a, um, a financial controller for a multi-million dollar uh, broadcasting company that owned seven television stations around, around the country in the late seventies, all the way through Ooh. the nineties. Wow. So, you know, like all four foot eight of her with her heels on and her really big hair, um, you know, that was a fully male dominated industry. I remember going to work with her and her being the only woman that was not a secretary or administrative assistant and um, in a in some sort of a support role, she was the boss. And um, so to, to have that kind of role model was was really wonderful. And then, of course, a bunch of brothers that taught me that I'm absolutely no different than any boy out there and just to fight. So, I, I mean, my goal is to teach that to any um, and especially other young women um, that are out there, encourage them to be a part of this industry or whatever industry they find a passion for. Um, yes. Have you ever done like, have you ever done like clinics for, you know, new motorists or female drivers, right? And have them come over because you, yeah, you can help them to understand, you know, how the car works and what kind of the maintenance needs are. And you kind of capture them some future 
business, but then also you get to expose them to female run business and you don't have to be afraid and consider this as a career path because gosh, do we need techs and gosh, do we need talented people in the industry? And, and you kind of exactly what you said is you kind of say, look, there is an opportunity over here. It isn't like that or it isn't that stereotype anymore. It is what you make of it. And, and you know, they go away, like you said, they go away with a little bit of extra knowledge and a, another maybe opportunity or something to think about in their future. And you never know, you might have inspired the next great uh, A-Tech that comes to work for you. Exactly. My uh, The middle school my daughter just left has a program that they run called AutoWorks. And I, I try to support that in every way, shape or form. Sixth grade, they come in, it's a club they take during their school day. In sixth grade, my daughter took apart and put back together a CRV motor. Um, had nothing to do with her parents who were both in the automotive industry, but they, they disassemble and reassemble, not all the way down, but a whole lot. You know, they did a lawnmower, they did, you know, and I, I feel and I tell everybody that'll listen, you know, we, we've got a lot of good Votech programs. We have some seeping back into high school. I really think if we're going to start getting these kids interested, we've got to start hitting them at the middle school and elementary school level and, and teaching parents that it's okay to be in a service industry, to be a skilled tradesperson, um, you know, plumbers, electricians, AC, you know, HVAC, um, automotive, all of us are are really struggling with all of uh, with finding yeah. talent and people that are passionate for it. So, um, yeah, I encourage everybody I can. I'm like, check it out. Come tinker. Come get dirty. You know, we're we're working on getting a quarterly car care class going. Um, you know, it's it's too many too many opportunities and not enough um, not enough time in the day. But that is yeah. that is at the top of my priority list to get one going for October. So um, you know, at, at any kind of I'd love new drivers. That would be fantastic to get some of these kids yeah, in here and right. teach them how to check their oil and their tire pressure. Please. Yeah, yeah. We did a thing with Napa down in San Diego where we did a you know it was like a digital inspection day and, and they got like five shops together and they just all got out there. They sent a tech over and they all had their tablets and. These cars would just run through and they'd give them quick safety checks and check their uh, uh, car seat installations and did some training on that as well. And they just kept them going through all day and, and they left with a copy of their digital inspection. And it was a really great way to drive awareness and then just see that, um, you know, that those folks were, were focused on education, not so much and just trying to get you in the door and sell you stuff. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and so that, no, that's great. I mean, it's a great uh, way to get out there and do that community involvement and really just open the door up and open young minds up. We do, you know, shameless plug, you know, not to not to uh, outdo Kim's shameless plug, which I appreciated very much, but <laughs> just say that, you know, we do a thing, we call it the technician of tomorrow, where we basically do a one-time, you know, kind of basic fee for a school, vocational school, even high schools. We're in several high schools across the country and and then they get the program for life because really we just want to get a tablet in somebody's hand, a young person's hand. It's so relatable to kind of what they're doing in school, how they learn now on tablets and electronic and of course gaming, right? And their phone and it's so relatable. And then we just get them interested in automotive and then they they take the next um, uh, steps, you know, or, or, or many of them do. And, but one of the biggest challenges, like you said, is they just keep cutting. I mean, I had auto shop class when I was in school and it was great. And I, you know, built my car in there and I, you know, I, to this day, I, you know, love Mr. Kitchen, right? <laughs> love that guy. And, um, but you just don't have that opportunity in a lot of schools anymore. And, uh, and so the more that we can get somebody like, you know, in, in that type of an experience at your shop, even if it's for a day, 
or get something like the technician of tomorrow where they just start to get yeah. some excitement generated in what's possible inside of the industry and just take the next step and, and educate themselves. Gosh, it's really going to help everybody because the tech shortage, you know, I, I was listening, I think it was at ATI super conference. I was listening to guys said pretty soon you're going to be recruiting from, uh, you know, uh, computer science classes out of colleges, yep. not from vocational schools or, or looking for mechanics. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, we're to the point where we're competing with the same people that Google wants. Exactly. You know, how do I stand here and say, okay, candidate, uh, you could come work for me, wear a uniform, sweat, because we're in Florida and you sweat 362 days a year and um you know you're gonna get dirty you know occasionally because let's be honest it's not as dirty as it used to be we don't do a lot of mechanical part changes like we used to um it's going more and more computer programming and and we all know that's where it's going to be headed you know that'll be 90 percent of our work anymore um so i'd love you to do that for me for you know 22 dollars an hour and you're going to sweat and you'll get a basic benefits package or you can go to this guy next to me at google sit at a desk and wear a t-shirt and flip-flops nobody will ever look at you you don't have to really talk to anybody in the air conditioning we're going to pay you 35 dollars an hour for you to sit behind a computer screen and program stuff yeah. how am i going to compete with that so i really think we're going to start to see how we operate you know i it, never in in the history of me being in this business have i considered adding air conditioning to my shop as much shops, as I have in the last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. A lot of shops are, are starting to do that now because it is, I mean, it's, it's pretty unbearable out there. And, and, and Tom, you know, to go back to your point about getting out there and, and the, the schools and all of that. I mean, we try to get everybody going to even as young, believe it or not, as the preschools and bring in like the little Tonka electric trucks and taking out the little battery and putting in a big battery and yeah. kids just very simple you know, look what happens, you know, with a light bulb and, and, and a battery and these things to try to spark the interest and the passion that they're not getting anywhere. And, you know, all of our shops are working a lot with the like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. They have badges for auto repair. And so it's great to get them to come to your shop and to be able to educate them and, you know, their parents and, and just get the word out there that because there's two stigmas for what we're doing. One is a stigma of being a mechanic. And then two, you know, being a female in the automotive, you know, is like a double whammy. And, and so lucky for me, I mean, getting able to coach shops that not all of my shops are female owned. Some of them are owned by men. Some of them are couples where they, they have a 50, 50 partnership, whatever, but to be able to really see over the past, I don't know how many years, the, the, the women, the wives that were normally in the back doing the payroll coming up front now and really they're running the business you know yeah. they're they're for all intents and purposes running the business but you know the people they're interacting with are seeing like wow you know you do all this aren't you scared to be in the cart no it's like anything else you know and just really showing people that you don't have to get into automotive by accident and especially as a female you can dream about you know, as a young girl owning a shop or, you know, running a shop or being a top tech in the country, it doesn't have to be because your parents owned a shop or your husband owned a shop or whatever. It's, you you know, you can do that. That is available career path for you if that's something that you're passionate about. So that's been really exciting to watch over the years, like, you know, the women flourishing and, and all of that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, and gosh, you know, I was thinking about it. I could probably sit here for the next half an hour and name off 
impressive female shop owners that I've met since I've been in this business. Right. Um, you know, and not just like the pot, you know, the famous ones like Bogey and the ones that kind of got TV and are really, you know, doing great things. Carolyn from Luscious Garage and, you know, Jessica Guestwicky and Aaron Nielsen and Tammy Schumacher. I mean, gosh, we could go on for days. Look at Chris Tozad, what she's doing with all female technicians. I mean, that's it's amazing. Incredible. It's incredible, yeah. right? And that really, really, I mean, and Luscious really, you know, I mean, to do that with her shop and then go out and tackle a software and build a point of sale. I mean, you know, and and I've met her, she's such an unassuming person. And it just yeah. seems, as a matter of fact, she's so mellow. It's like, how can she <laughs> manage all of this stuff and be so cool, right? I'd be going, ah, leave me alone. But, um, but I know, now, maybe she'll get on one of these and tell us how she does that and stays yeah, so chill point. all the time. <laughs> idea. should have brought her in. I would love that. Come on, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> Calling you out here. now. Get in here, call Kathleen. It's really um, been fun to watch the daughters grow up in the shop too and take it over. Like Brittany, you deal with Brittany Schindler at Rod's Japanese. Yeah, I mean, awesome. she's been in there since she was 16 or 17 and just overnight she took over the whole shop. I mean, she's incredible. Yep, yep. It's just been wonderful. It's been wonderful to watch. You know, I just met, uh, I just met Mike Bruno's daughter a couple of weeks back at a workshop. She's really moving in and she's going to be taking over yep. and, so excited and just hungry for information and i mean yep. it's just fantastic right and it's just such a great opportunity um for people they just have to consider it and it, i think it's as easy as just open the door a little bit and show them what's on the other side and then mm -hmm. and then here they come you know and i and, and to be honest with you it'd be the salvation of the industry if we can get them involved because we need the techs we need the 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 smart people coming in we need the help right um and we need the vision for the future and, 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 and I tell you what, uh, like you said, the cigarette reeking guy that just wants to sit alone <laughs> and that, that they don't have the vision. They don't no. have the vision. Yeah. That's yeah. not our ideal, uh, our ideal candidate for jobs anymore, unfortunately. Right. So right. <laughs> that guy that's... that can fix anything with bailing wire and a coffee can, that's, yes. that's, that's, yeah, that doesn't work anymore. That used to be a, I remember 30 years ago, oh God, I got this guy, he can crawl, he can, he can fix anything yep. with a bailing wire and a coffee can and that you'd be amazed. And that was almost like a bragging point that I nabbed that yes. guy, you know? <laughs> now I would be like, oh my God, he's yeah, like, what do I do with this guy now? <laughs> he won't put the wire away. <laughs> the bailing wire didn't even fall off yep. on the highway. <laughs> oh, I know it was seriously like a thing that I was proud of. They could fix anything. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, it, now all I'll do is just short out all your computers in your car and be on the side. Exactly, of the exactly. Oh my gosh, it's oh, it's hell. amazing to see how much the technology changes. You know, you used to yeah. be able to do that kind of stuff. People are like, oh, just don't worry about it. I'm like, you know, I remember a day where you could leave a cat code engine light on for a little while, and you're like, yeah. oh, it won't cause any problems. You'll be fine. You can't do that today. Yeah. And I think that's a huge piece of the industry and our responsibility as frontline folks is to really educate the consumers because um, the dealers aren't doing that anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I bought a new car and that guy, regardless of the fact of what I do for a living, did not really take the time to show me a ton of the right. uh, the features and how they work. I mean, I, I didn't buy anything super crazy because I don't want to pay to fix it. And <laughs> I know better. And so, you know, yeah. nothing that opens by itself. And, you know, yeah. but uh, that's not true. I have a convertible. So we all know where that's going in Florida. So uh, but I have tons of clients that come in and that's my job now. 
I go out and teach them how to work their brand new car that I'm not going to get to work on for five years. Um, but I teach them how their wipers work and how their Bluetooth works. And I set up their phone and I the do child safety locks for Pete's sake. Child safety yeah. locks. Oh my goodness. The, I will tell you the AC button is the nemesis of everybody here. Kim's going to start laughing. I cannot tell you how many AC systems I fix every single, you know, come like March or April when it starts getting warm. Cause they go, it's, it does get actually cold here for about, two months, I would say, usually average about two months a year, where it's actually cold and they have to turn the heat on, you know, especially the elderly people, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm getting there. So they bump that AC, they bump that AC button and they yep. turn it off and then come, you know, when it gets hot, they can't figure out why their AC is not cool. And it just suddenly doesn't work. And I'm like, give me one second. And I go push the button and they're like, oh, you fixed it. I'm like, yep. See this button right here. <laughs> why does it do that? I'm like, it just, just push the button, make sure the light's on. It's, you know, don't worry about it. But, you know, and, and industry change like that it, to, to give, you know, you guys one more plug so that we've all done one. Um, I, <laughs> Kim was talking earlier about, you know, how things change and our credibility and things. Uh, having a DVI as a tool has really um, forced and is going to force a lot of that. We have that stigma of being a dishonest um, yeah. trade. And, and, you know, I, I've suffered that I've, I've felt it firsthand. I've walked into shops, you know, especially when I was much, much younger um, and where you get that, you know, this happened because of that, your, your alignment, your alignment's off because you ran over something and nothing's bent, but, you know, I mean, just kind of not real solid, honest answers on stuff. And um, I think the DVI has, has like Kim said, leveled the playing field, but it's really going to separate the, um, the people that are in this to do the right thing from the people that aren't. And I think that Absolutely. that is a phenomenal tool that yeah. we are able to use my clients. Although, um, you know, I thought, Oh, I don't think they're really going to be into this. They love it. I mean, you know, my guys hate it. They hate it. It slows me down. It mm -hmm. doesn't, but you know, I mean, it doesn't yeah. anymore, but you know, it's still that in their, in their minds, their perception is that it's going to slow them down, which mm -hmm. in the beginning it does, you know, but it's worth, it's worth the investment, but now they see the benefits of it and how, you know, my service advisor doesn't have to fight with somebody. She shows them a picture of, you know, of a leaking shock or of a worn brake pad or of a clean air filter and a, perfectly good set of brake pads or your tires are in great shape your shocks are in really good shape take this with you and and here's what here's what's good and here's what's a challenge and i think that taking the guesswork out of all of that with um with real words and real pictures on vehicles is really changing the face of what we do and making it much easier for us to educate our clients the public and really it makes it so we don't have to work so hard. We really don't. I mean, this is what it is. You choose to fix it or you don't. I'm not, I'm not telling you something it isn't. Please make a decision. Help me educate you to make a good choice so that you're safe. You know, they could never do that to you, to you with Nana's car anymore. You know, mm -hmm. not with a DVI, no. could they, Kim? No. You'd right. Look at that picture and go, that looks fine to me. I, I don't see a problem here, you know? And so, um, you know, show me what's good. Show me what bad looks like. Show me what, you know, um, and I, I think that that is such a phenomenal tool that if anybody owns a shop and is not using a DVI of some sort, especially, you know, obviously out of idols, um, if they're not using something like that, even if it's so much as they're taking pictures on their camera phone and showing it to people, um, put some transparency in it. Do this for your clients, not 
um, not as an inconvenience because it raises the entire industry when we're all being completely transparent. So, I mean, I, I just think that that's, good, that's the next big challenge. Yes, us as women have to overcome um, a lot of the stigma and things like that. And I, I think honestly, for me growing up, that's a part of my entire life is, is sure. setting myself aside. So it's something that's become normal. And, and, you know, the next generation won't have to fight so hard. It's no different than, you know, gender issues or um, sexuality issues or anything like that. You know, it's, it's going to get less and less and it'll erode over time. But um, the industry as a whole, I think, is something that we all need to really work for changing and upgrading the image of the entire industry and who we are and what we're out here trying to do um, collectively. You know, I mean, I don't have competition. We're in a BDG group that we've kind of just started. And I'm so excited to get to work with some of the talented people yeah. in our area that we've never really had the time to do before. So, you know, I, I think that we are all collectively as, a, as an in industry, we really need to learn to play nice in the sandbox and help each other to do the right things. Yeah, and like you said, and you know, the, the, the transparency that the tool brings is going to change, you know, those, those shops that don't want, that kind of still want to maintain that narrative or, you know, and still kind of be a little shady, they're, they're extinct. They, they won't be in business. Yeah, they, they won't be in business. The, the public is too smart yeah. today. They're not going to, I see so many of those going out of business now and, and rightfully so. Yeah, and so then what's left is to divide up. And you're right, Kathleen, is you don't really have to be in competition. There's enough cars to go around. Let's work yep. together. Let's advance the industry. Let's get people interested in it so we've got a labor pool to draw from in the future and protect ourselves as independent business owners. That, that, that in a nutshell, is really, uh, you know, one of, I think one of the biggest challenges that are coming because there's so much pressure from, you know, Carl Icahn and all of these hedge funds that are coming in trying to consolidate everything and, you know, then it's, then we're all out of it, right? I'm not as worried about that because what they don't understand is where, what the independents do is, is taking care of customers and their vehicles and educating them. It's not transactional. Nope. It's just not. And, and when you take a Carl Icahn or any of those big chains and all of that, you know, they miss that whole, you know, they want to go like cheers. They want to go, everybody knows your name. They want to feel comfortable. They want to go in and tell you about their dog or their kid or their whatever. And, and, that's where I think that the independent shops, they're, they're going to continue to rise and rise and rise. The good ones that are doing the right things for the right reason, because the more transactional people get, it, it's going to be worse. You know, like, I don't, I don't know about Kathleen's kids or yours, Tom, but I mean, I do little focus groups with my sons. They're 24 and 22 now. And I'm like, what makes you go somewhere? Cause I watch them. They Google whatever haircut place or wherever they're on that side of town, that's where they go. They don't have that loyalty. And so yeah. if you're really not wowing the customer every time, providing them with an amazing customer experience, you're not going to trigger enough for them to go back. You're just going to be a Google place. And so right. I have faith in the independent auto, auto shops that we're, we're going to rise above and put even more of a hurting on the dealerships and those chains than we are right now. So, right. so you heard it right there. If you're yep. worried about that, you need to call Kim, right? Because <laughs> Kim, Kim is going to be your lifeline into the future. She's going to show you how to get it done, how to get it done right. Yep. Kathy, did you have something to add? Well, that exactly what Kim is saying is, you know, that the, the big, um, the big box conglomerate, 
com conglomeration of shops and things like that, what they lose is that personal touch because mm -hmm. that's one thing they don't really focus on. And, and you don't see them out there giving back to the communities. No. Um, you know, they might donate here and there, but they're not out doing a habitat build as a, as a group of, you know, um, independent auto repair shop owners. I mean, every, everybody knows I bleed blue and gold. I'm an Napa shop. And so, um, you know, it, but a, a group of Napa shops that are independents out there doing a habitat build, or we're at a chamber fundraiser function, uh, raising money for a local cancer um, charity, or we're out doing, you know, whatever it is that we're out there doing. And I think that, you know, I'm going to say the, the, the bad word, I'm going to say millennial. Um, I think that that that, that, that word gets such a bad connotation. I love that generation. They inspire me. I mean, my children are a little under that, but um, I have a lot of, you know, I see a lot of those, those young people and they are inspiring me to be more aware of where I put my heart. You know, it, it, it's not enough just to fix a car or to sit and talk with some of these people. The younger ones wanna make sure that that dollar they spend with you isn't going to some greedy, money-hungry machine. Yeah. They yeah. wanna know that they're feeding yeah. my children, what my that I'm sending my children to Europe in the summertime so that they get an education firsthand on what World War II really looked like. Or I'm out in the community, um, you know, at one of the Pioneer Days parade and I'm I'm raising money for this or I'm out there giving back to that. And not that I'm cutting a check for stuff. I'm physically out at these events um, with my blood, sweat and tears getting involved in helping to make this community better and thrive. And I think that that is a huge piece in anybody's business and if they're not doing it they're going to fail yeah. um, big box Absolutely. does not realize and really cherish that and that's like kim said it's it, they're going to be out there because they're going to beat us on price but you know i don't i, I can't speak for every owner out there and i'm i can't imagine that kim's going to disagree with me as a coach mm -hmm. but the ones that are out there shopping solely for price are not my ideal client yeah. um, i want people that want to be um involved and want to really cherish what we're doing um you know because in the absence of value there is only price and i don't want just the price shoppers exactly, exactly. well i mean i know we went way over i really appreciate you guys sticking in with me i mean this i could we could go on another hour i'm sure uh i gotta have you back on to be honest with you and we got to do a part two because it's fantastic i'm sure that people are scribbling down furiously <laughs> if you want to get a hold of kathleen or kim uh, reach out to them directly. You can hit them up on the Facebook forum. Um, you know, Google them. It's, they're not hard to find. And um, if you guys want to give plugs out, uh, uh, you know, go go right ahead on how somebody can get in touch with you. Because I guarantee you, there's people in the audience that that really are inspired by what you're doing. And um, and I think it's a beginning of a fantastic relationship. Yeah, so, I know. I'm excited that I just I found know. out we're neighbors. So I know. We live so close. Right that's it. Seat. Yeah, this is fantastic. We're going to be burning up social media with pictures of each other. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So awesome. Well, thank you very much. You know, uh, again, uh, tune in next week. Uh, same time, same place. Wednesday, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And we'll be doing it again with, with some more great guests talking about how to make this industry a better place and how to run your businesses better. Uh, until then, share, like, come on Facebook and let's talk. And uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Tom, Thank will you, you be posting our contact information in case anybody wants to get in touch with us? 
Yeah, we sure will. We're going to send out a follow up and we'll post it up uh, on, on the Facebook forum also. Thanks, Kim. Uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks.